Well, we're going to get right into the Word of God. We're going to get right into the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, starting here at verse 1. Let me hear a little feedback. Amen. Thank you. Hebrews chapter 12, starting here at verse 1, and it reads as this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me read that one more time. Therefore, we also, since are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to talk to you from the subject or thought, just run. Everyone shout, just run. Oh, everybody shout, just run. Yes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is active and it's alive. God, we ask God that you anoint me afresh, God, for this moment. God, that you anoint your people's ears so they may hear what you're going to say to them today. God, we ask God that people will leave changed for your glory and for your honors. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone shout, just run. Just run. Amen, just run. As you can see, I've changed my clothes, and uh, this, if you, if you want to know what an office day is like here at Grace Church, this is how Pastor Ray comes to church uh, to the office early in the morning. Pastor Ray comes just like this uh, with his sweats on, and, I, and I, Nathan and I ask him, Pastor Ray, where are you going? He says, I'm going running. And then, uh, then he says this, this question, would you like to go with me? And so, uh, so we stop asking Pastor Ray, why are you dressed like that where you're going? <laughs> Uh, because he's going to ask, do you want to go with me? And so uh, Pastor e is really fit. And so I wore this uh, just to let him know I'm going to preach about running, but I'm not going running. Amen. 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 Uh, but many of you, many of you uh, may or may not know I'm a, a graduate of Lancaster Bible College Capital Seminary and Graduate School. I graduated with my, with my bachelor's in pastoral ministry from there. Then I then went and got my master's in pastoral ministry from uh, Capitol Seminary there. But before I attended Lancaster Bible College, I, and before I came here to Lancaster, I was attending a school called Washington Bible College in Maryland. Now, while attending uh, that school, I received theological training, but was unable to get a real college experience with students my age because of their uh, student experience, the things that they had to offer. But in January of 2013, I transferred here to Lancaster, Pennsylvania to attend uh, LBC and where I continue my uh, education. But, but most of all, one of the things I enjoyed was I was able to get a college experience with, with other students my own age. And as I approached my senior year, I wanted to expand my college career. And when I was at Washington Bible College, uh, I wasn't able to do much. But, but, but during my college career, I served as 
as an RA, which is a resident assistant. I worked in many offices, served as student, student body uh, chaplain. I served as uh, student body president for two colleges, and, and the list can go on. But there was one particular activity that I had not yet experienced, and that was athletics. Uh, so so I, I got ready to graduate, and I wanted to join a, a college team, and uh, uh, I, I wanted to join, but not expressing that thought to anyone, about three weeks into my last uh, fall semester, two of the athletes came and invited me to consider joining the cross-country team. So I, I, I told y'all my athletic background before I, I, I played basketball, I played football, got hit, and that was it, and, and, I, and I'm sticking with golf. And so when I was in college, that's all I was sticking with. That's all I wanted to do. So, so, so after considering the author and considering my desire to join a team, not to mention the nice warm-ups and uniforms that we could wear, I, I, I told them, okay, I would do it. But, but as I reflect on when I said yes, I did not consider the physical demands of this sport would require of my body. And so, 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 so when I, I, I attended the first practice, I sat down and I told my coach, I said, okay, I need you to listen here. I haven't uh, been on an athletic team in about seven years, and, and so I'm going to be a lot slower than everyone else. After expressing my experience with my coach, he had me to run a mile, and uh, then he asked me to run a second mile. Uh, I may have walked a little bit of that one, but I, I, I got through it. But, but after practice, he gathered all the team together and shared that the women's team was going to run a 5K and the men were going to run an 8K. So, so as I do my math, one thing I've learned is that a 5K is three miles and an 8K is five miles. So, so after I heard about this, I said to my coach, okay, I think you under the, I, I was under the impression that I was going to run three miles, not five miles. And so after I shared that with my coach and I shared that and I said, to be honest, I'm a, I'm a new runner. It's going to take me a long time than everyone else. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to slow the whole team down. And my, my coach sat me down and he told me that this, this characteristic and this unique quality about cross country, he said, cross country is about a, it's basically a running sport. And, and me being smart, I said, yes, I know that. Uh, uh, and he continued to say, he said, other sports, they run for a few minutes, then they sit down. They run for a few minutes, and then they sit down. But in cross country, you just run. Uh, understanding my experience in running, my, my coach then told me, he said, it's not about being the fastest or the best. It's all about just running your course. In our text today, the Apostle Paul has just completed his third missionary journey and is now writing to this church that was familiar with the Old Testament law, customs, and traditions. And they were at the point of abandoning Christianity in their assignment and going back to Judaism. And the Apostle Paul is encouraging them not to waver in their faith in the midst of challenges, but to remain firm in their faith in Jesus Christ. As we read the New Testament, the Apostle Paul over and over again associates this Christian life to a journey to a race. The Bible teaches us very clearly that Christian life is just like a race. Fortunately, the Bible doesn't just tell us just to run the race. 
But, but I, I remember one day I was with my parents and I went over their house and I watched the Olympics. Uh, since I didn't have cable uh, at my apartment, I didn't have cable. I just had able. Whatever you're able to get, that's what you watch. And so, uh, so that, that, that's what I had. So, so since I was unable to watch it live, I was able to watch the replay. And so at the beginning of every replay, the commentator would tell me who won the race. So, so I knew before I watched the race who was going to win. I knew where the outcome was going to end. So, so while I watched the race, I didn't get nervous because I knew the outcome. I, I was not bothered by the tension of the race because I already knew that victory had already been declared. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters, that we don't run a race for victory. We run a race from victory. Let me say that one more time. We don't run a race for victory. We run a race from victory. That the Bible gives us some rules for running this race that we must follow here in our text. Let's look at it here in Hebrews 12:1 it says, "Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us." Everyone shall get rid of the weight. Everybody shall get rid of the weight. In order for you to run this race, the first thing we must do is to get rid of the weight. The Apostle Paul is encouraging this church to get rid of anything that's going to slow us down on the race that God has put before us. The word weight in the Greek describes a burden or something so heavy that it impedes the runner from running the race as he or she should. Now, I grew up hearing many people say that sin can hold us back. Yes, that is biblically true. But the Apostle Paul is going beyond sin and shares that there's also things that in our life that may not be necessarily sin, but are merely hindrances from keeping us from running effectively the race that God has set before us. That's why the Apostle Paul says, let us run the race that God has set before us, but let us lay aside every weight and the sin. But our choices are not always between what's right and what's wrong, but sometimes between what may hinder us and what may not. So some scholars believe that there are three different types of weight. There is the weight of outright sin. Everyone shout outright sin. So sometimes the weight of outright sin are the things we know are wrong, but we simply are unwilling to let go of. It's bitterness, it's jealousy, it's fornication, it's idolatry, it's rebellion, it's pornography, it's drugs, it's addiction. Outright sin entangles our feet, so it impedes us from going where God's called us to go. There is the weight of outright sin, but there is something called the weight of besetting sin. Everybody shout besetting sin. Sometimes that weight is besetting sin. These are things that we try to get rid of, but it keeps coming back again and again and again. Memories of our past mistakes, about addictions, wrongful habits of our past. Because the truth is, even though we have moved on from our past, does not neglect the reality of our past. Besetting sin bombards our minds that we are fighting in a race in order to get to the next place. Paul said it like this. He says, when I want to do good, evil's always present. So there's the sin of outright sin, the weight of outright sin, the weight of besetting sin, but there is also the weight of distraction. Uh, but, but sin is not only the thing that keeps us from being spiritual champions, but sometimes those weight are not necessarily sinful, but sometimes they are distractions that are keeping us from growing spiritually. 
The author says in Hebrews, he says, laying aside every weight that so easily ensnares us. That there are many things in life that are not particularly sinful, but they are potential weights that can slow us down and impede our progress from moving forward. The text tells us that there is weights that we have to let go of. You, you may, may ask, how do I get rid of the weights? The Apostle Paul, he says it like this. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. The Greek here, is, uh, the Greek here means that, that sin is seep, keeps trapping us over and over again. It is portraying the picture of one trying to run a race but unable to do so because something is wrapping itself around our feet to keeping us from moving forward. The text says that we are told to lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares itself around us. The Bible does not say he is going to remove it. He says that we must lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. So after we get rid of the weight, the apostle Paul says, he says, let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us, looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. We, we, we do so by keeping our eyes on Jesus. One translation says, run this race with nobody's eyes for anything else but Jesus. So, so not only do we need to get rid of the weight, we also need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Everybody shout, keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, now as, I, as I evaluated basketball, football, and baseball, and golf, and tennis, and soccer, all of these things have one thing in common. They have all one thing in common. They are a sport that requires you to run after something, and then you want to have, and sit, once you have obtained it, then you sit down. That, that, that is the purpose of those, those sports. You get an item, or you, that, that's your goal to get it, and once you get it and run after it, you then sit down. But, but that's not cross-country. I can tell you that from, from, from experience. You, you just keep running over and over again. That, that, that's the purpose of cross-country. You just run until you get to the finish line. The finish line is the goal. Here in uh, 1 Corinthians 9, he says, do you not know that we run a race? We run all, but, but only one receives the prize. So we run that we may obtain it. Every athlete must exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. My question to you today is, are you running after things that are perishable? Are, are you running after people, possession, satisfa satisfaction, or are you running the race that God has called you to run and run after the thing that is imperishable? So Paul encourages us to run, but then he doesn't stop there. He says, run the race with endurance. Everybody shout endurance. The word endurance translates here in the Greek, and it portrays to us that it's not a person who is sitting down, being patient. This is a person who's not just accepting things. This person here that has endurance, has determination and fortitude. Hebrews 10, 36 says, he says, for we have known of endurance so that you have done the will of God that you may receive what is promised. My question is, why do we need determination and endurance and fortitude? The reason why is because we're running a race, just like cross country. This race is not a sprint. It's not a dash. It's a marathon. It's a race of faith. The Paul, so Paul says, let us run with endurance the race. The, the word race here in the Greek means agon, which in the English sounds like agony. It implies to us that the race is not designed to be easy. 
Let me say that one more time. That the race is not designed to be easy. So when I used to run, my calves used to give me a fit. But in the midst of it, it was not designed to make me happy. It was designed to make me holy. It's the race of faith. It will cause pain sometimes. It will not be pleasurable sometimes. It will not be peaceful sometimes. But Romans 5 declares that we rejoice in our suffering. For we know our suffering produces endurance and our endurance produces character and character produces hope. Preach Rodney, thank you. The Bible tells us here, he tells us to count it all joy when you meet trials of various crimes. Why? Because when I'm running this race, it's going to be tough, but I just got to keep on going. Look at your neighbor and say, keep on going. Yeah, just, just keep on going. He says, let us run with endurance the race. Now, now, Paul gives us some good news. He doesn't just tell us to run the race with endurance without hope. He, he reminds us, yes, we will have to run with endurance the race that has been set before us. But, but, the, but the word here in this Greek, we understand, is in the present indicative and past indicative case, which means the race has been set and the race is set. Let me say that one more time. The race has been set and the race is set. God has set the race up. So all we have to do is run. We don't have to try to figure it out. All we have to do is run. Even though the race has been set, the Bible tells us looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. The the, the New Living Translation says it like this. He says, fix your eyes only on Jesus. We can only run the race when we're looking and locking our eyes on Jesus. In the Greek, uh, ancient Greek, looking to Jesus uses the verb that implies a definite looking away from other things and only looking at what is present, which is Jesus Christ. Many times, if I, if I can step on our toes today, many of us are focused on things that are nothing but distractions but are not leading us to Jesus. When, when I ran, when I ran cross country, when I ran cross country, uh, I, I was all over the place. And so uh, one thing you know about Lancaster, there are a lot of corn stalks. And so on the campus of Lancaster Bible College, uh, the, the cross country, uh, uh, our course was in the middle of corn stalks. And so I'm short. So the corn stalks were real high. So, 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 so I would sometimes be running and I would always try to figure out why I was running and my, my teammates were running in the opposite direction of me. I, I, I was trying I was trying to figure that out uh, during practice. How in the world are y'all running the opposite direction of me? So my coach, Singer, had no sense of direction. He sat down and said, okay, Rodney, we have our first invitational on Friday, and I don't want you to screw this up. And so uh, what I want you to do is I want you to keep your eyes on me. I I didn't understand it. I I really didn't understand it. So all I remember, he told me that when I got ready to run to keep my eyes on him. So so, so we we got ready. We were all at the line. We got ready. And uh, they they shot the gun. They said, go. And I started running, but I did not see him. But all of a sudden, as I was running, I saw him get on a golf cart in front of me and say, just follow me. Can, can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters? That's the same thing Jesus is saying. He said, as you are running this race, you just can't be running it on your own. He said, I'm the God who's going to lead you, guide you, direct you. I already know the course. Just follow me. 
Okay, some of y'all didn't get that. Okay, let me break it down a little more. Okay, so, so, so in the Olympics, when I was watching that, when I was watching the Olympics, I, one thing I, I, I noticed is that, that there was a game that involved a bunch of guys who was on a rowboat. Have y'all seen a rowboat? They were sitting on a rowboat, and that their rowboat uh, required them to get to the finish line. They, 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 they cannot see the finish line, but they have a man who's standing in front of, the, of them that has a bullhorn, but they had their back to the finish line, but he has to tell them where to go. It is important for them to look at him even though they cannot physically see the finish line. Their eyes must be fixed on him the entire time. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters? You may not be able to see the finish line, but if you keep your eyes on Jesus, he'll take you to the finish line. Okay, one of the, one of the greatest challenges of this Christian faith is learn to live a life without requiring signs in order to move forward. Obeying God requires bold acts of obedience without complete understanding. In in other words, I have to be willing to know that God knows what's best for me, even though I don't know. Because God is not obligated to show me where he is leading me, even though he knows. And God will give us information on a need-to-know basis. And we need to learn to be satisfied with what information he gives us. We, need, we don't need all the details of how everything is going to turn out in our life. We just need to know what step to take next. But Because I understand that God is not obligated to show me the next step until I walk in the knowledge of what he's already said. Because the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You know, God shows me where I am. And many times, sometimes God will show me the finish line. Okay, y'all missed it right there. Let, let, let me say it one more time. God, God shows me where I am, but then God will show me the finish line. The Bible says that God is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. God, 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 God will show us where we are, and many times God will show us the end. God, God will show us where we are. We, we, we see sometimes we don't have any money in our pocket, but, but then God will show us a vision of him supplying all of our needs. Many times we may be in this situation and we don't know what's going to happen next, but then we see how God is going to work it out at the end. You missed it. Okay, God, 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 God shows us where we are, but many times God will show us where we're going. God shows us where we are, but then he shows us where, it's go- where we're going. But even though God shows us where we are and he shows us where we're going, many times God does not show us what we got to go through in order to get there. But I've learned that if God showed us what we had to go through in order to get there, many of us will throw up our hands and say, God, know what? I don't want it. But I have learned that through it all, I have learned to trust in Jesus. I have learned to depend upon his word. You know, this is, this is one thing we have to do is we have to learn how to find joy in the midst of pain because we know that our pain is helping us get to the next level. You know, many of us are trying to wonder how in the world are we going to get to this next place? And I, and I feel like I have all this weight that I'm carrying. God says you need to let go of that weight that you're carrying because it's keeping you from running the race that God has set before you. And matter of fact, there is a weight that you should carry. It's not a weight of sin. It's not a weight of distraction that you should carry. If there's any weight that we should be carrying, it is the weight of the cross. The Bible says, if any man comes after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. If there's any weight we need to carry, it's the weight of the cross. 
The Bible tells us in conclusion, he says, therefore, since we have been surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily snares us, and let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He says, you need to get rid of the weight. He says, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. But then he says, you need to get on with the race. Everybody shout, get on with the race. The Bible says, therefore, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So, the, so I have some questions for you as I look at this text. Who are these great cloud of witnesses? What does this witnessing mean? What does their witnessing refer to? How does it refer to watching us from heaven? Or does it refer to our lives being witnesses? What does this really mean in this text? The word witness means the act of seeing something or the act of telling something. So, so which, which is it? It is the act of telling. In the, the verb form in this word, witness, is used five times. The, the Hebrew uh, refers to this as the confirming testimonies of someone who has been through it before. So, so, so witnesses are saints who have ran the race before us and who have gathered together to tell us that we can make it on. Okay, some of y'all don't understand this. Okay, this is a true story. So when I was running the race, uh, when I was running cross country, I told y'all I-, I was the slowest one. Don't go on LBC's website and try to find my record. I'm telling you like it is. And, and so, so, so I was always the last one running. But there was one day I was tired. I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it. it- I was running so slow uh, that 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 my coach was gone, and I and, and I was like, where in the world did everybody go? I felt like. I was by myself. I, I knew the finish line was almost there, but I was tired. I could not make it. And I, I couldn't even see my coach anymore. But all of a sudden, I heard a voice as I was running. And then I heard a few more voices. And, and as I was running, I was getting ready to get tired. But as soon as I was getting ready to get tired, all of my friends who already completed the race came around and came with me to help me and say, Rodney, you're close to the finish line. You can keep on going. Can I tell you something? My brothers and sisters, you don't have to be weary in well-doing because God says, I will surround you to let you know that even though it may hurt right now, you may not understand. I know the pain that you're going through in the race, but if you just keep on going, he said, you will make it to the end. That's why I understand that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. My brothers and sisters, just run your race. Everybody shout, just run the race. Everyone, if you can close your eyes, if you can close your eyes before, before we end today, I want to, I want to pray for you and, and, and I want you to be so bold and honest. Every eye closed. There may be someone here today and, and you say, Pastor Rodney, uh, I have been dealing with a lot of weights. I've been running the race. So some of you have been running the race for a long time and some of you have gotten weary and some of you in here, you've been saying, Pastor Rodney, I feel like I have some distractions and some weights that I have been carrying. If you are in this room today, I want to pray for you. If you're in this room, today and you say, Pastor Rodney, I feel like I've had some weights that have been keeping me from running this race effectively. And if you're in here and you're saying, Pastor Rodney, I've been running the race, but I feel weary and I just need to encourage me. If that's you, I need every eye closed. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. 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 I see your hands. 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 Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, that you are a God who said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. God, we thank you 
you, God, but you are a God who's the author and the finisher of our faith. You are the beginning and you are the end, God. You said you will always be there. So, Father God, those who are in this place that have been running their race, God, and feel weary, God, I ask God that you lift them up. God, I ask God that you allow them not to become weary and well-doing, but God, allow them to continue to run the race, God, that you have set before them. God, allow them not to give up, God, allow them not to give in, but God, increase their faith. God, they may continue to rely on you. And those who have raised their hands, God, they have been dealing with some weights and some distractions and want to get rid of them. Father, I ask God that you would give them the courage, God, to release the weight, to release the things that have been impeding them from running the race, God, that you set before them. God, we come against the assignment of the enemy that tries to steal, kill, and destroy. And God, we ask God that you continue, God, to keep their eyes focused on you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every eye closed. If you're in this place today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, let me tell you something. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ in your life, you're just running and have no sense of direction. God says, I come to give you direction. I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. If you're in this place today, if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ and you want to take that step, I want to walk you through this simple prayer. And as a matter of fact, all of us can pray this prayer together. Say, Father, I come to you today. In need of Jesus, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin and rose again. I believe today I am in you and I'm a new creature. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time or rededicated your heart to Christ, you are part of the family of God. Can we give God praise for all of those who have given their hearts to Christ? Amen, amen, amen. So if you gave your heart to Christ, and we would love to be able to celebrate with you. We want to give you uh, some material just to help you in your walk with Jesus Christ. After service, we've created an environment called Connections. You can see the banner in the back. The light is on the room back there. We have a team back there just to be able to encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ as you take this step. If you're here today and you have not uh, you've not uh, uh, stopped by Connections, we would encourage you to stop back there. It's a new environment we've created. If this is your first time, here. We would love for you to stop back there. If this is your first time here, we have some snacks back there for you. We have a wonderful uh, team just to say thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're grateful that each and every one of you come to worship with us this morning. And please don't forget to sign up for Count Me In next Sunday. And we're grateful that you come to worship with us. And we'll see you all next week. God bless you.